0: Hi everyone, Kelvin here, the See Here Love Floor Manager. Today Melinda sits down with four young diverse women leaders to listen and learn about what's important to them. She'll dig into the challenges that they're facing, what they want in a leader, how they're leading others, and their hopes for this generation. It's gonna be a great conversation all about mentoring and leadership, inclusion, overcoming, as well as faith. Let's go.
1: Calvin, I am so glad that you do such great introductions for the show. I'm so glad you're here with me, and I'm excited for this conversation as well. You know, as an executive producer, I always look outside of the studio for great guests. And the other day, I realized that we have incredible young women right here in our own office here at Crossroads and right beside me in the cubicle. So I thought, stop looking and look right here at your own amazing colleagues. So this show is highlighting some of my colleagues young women and it's all about listening to them learning and growing together no agenda just a good conversation that i'm so excited for so without further ado misha watson showrunner and creator of hey misha welcome hi thanks for having hi. me so <laughs> great to have you we also have crystal lavalli she's the executive producer of across the land producer of first people's voices and national director of i am compelled crystal welcome Thank you, Melinda. I love you. Oh, I love you too. See, I already feeling the love. I'm feeling it. And TV host of Living Local, uh, Christina Larice. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Today. Yeah, I'm so glad you're here. And finally, our marketing manager of Crossroads, Camille Aguila. Welcome.
2: Hi. Thanks for having me here.
1: All right. So it's really open for discussion. But I just really wanted to start off with all of you, the top challenge that you are facing as a young Christian woman. I mean, you might as well just go right to the hard stuff. So Christina, why don't we start with you? One of the top challenges you're facing today.
3: Yeah, um, being a woman in general is, is challenging in this environment, especially I feel like with, with everything going on and trying to prove yourself and then COVID hit and then trying to expand in your career, but then add on the layer of being a Christian. And I feel like it's a little more difficult because Christianity comes with these preconceived notions of being led by a man and uh, what it looks like to be a woman. So I feel like one of the top challenges I face is just having a voice that people not only listen to, but take advice from. I feel like sometimes my voice is maybe
1: disqualified. Wow. Yeah. Misha, what are your thoughts there? So you're nodding your head.
0: Yeah, 100% agree with everything Christina said. My answer was dating. I think dating <laughs> is so hard as a Christian woman because the, the pool is a lot smaller. Not only are we looking for a guy who thinks think is cute and funny and kind, but he has to know the mm-hmm. majesty of the God of the universe. No big deal. Oh, no big deal. No big deal. Right. So <laughs> like dating.
1: Are, what about for some of you? Dating?
4: Tough challenge? Um, yeah. So or she crystal. took... She- She took my answer because that was my answer. And I thought when Christina answered first, I thought, wow, she's so good at answering. And then Misha just put it right down into the personal level because I think it doesn't matter what we do or what we accomplish. At the end of the day, we come home and we say, are you dating someone? Who are you seeing? So I would say as trailblazers in our spheres of influence, sometimes when you trailblaze, you get strong and that strength can be intimidating to um, somebody who hasn't really, you know, stewarded well what they've been given or maybe they have, but it's just, we're passionate, we're we're passionate young women and we're on a mission and so to find somebody who matches that, that's what I find hard. <laughs> you know, this could just turn into like a dating show. You
1: know that. Maybe that's it. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Camille, what about you? One of the top challenges you're
2: facing today? Um, mine is very similar, similar to Christina's actually. Um, I would say it's the pressure to meet certain expectations from um, other women or other older generations. I feel like there's a lot of lists that they want us to have. And because of that, is, it's hard to become honest um, about our struggles in life or like what we're really going through and to be outspoken because they want us to fit this like really frequency um, list. Yeah. Wow. Wow, you guys.
1: All right. Top challenge that you're facing as a strong leader and communicator. I know, Crystal, you mentioned that, but you know, I see very strong communicators, strong leaders, women that have opinions and are leading the challenge of it, the challenge of it, Misha.
0: Yeah, for me, it's been being put in a box. Like I must be, because I am this girl who does, uh, you know, kids TV and she's lives in Toronto and she's English and she's Jamaican. And that means that she must be this person. She must be able to accomplish only this much and really setting boundaries for me. I feel like, my, one of my biggest challenges as a leader are the boundaries others have put around me oh, wow. um, and kind of um, tried to prohibit me from breaking through.
1: Wow. Christina, you, like you're saying you're, there's some agreement there, your thoughts? Yeah, completely. I think um, even just having a personality that is bubbly and fun,
3: it's like I on- automatically get put into a box, like Misha was saying, like, oh, you can only do this but I'm so much more than that. Like I have the ability to think critically and talk about philosophical conversations and people don't dig deeper to get to know that part of me because they're just, they see what they see and that's it. And they label you as this is who you are. And then don't really take the opportunity to get to know more of you.
1: Wow. Crystal, Mm -hmm. you had mentioned it before, but your, your challenges as a leader.
4: Yeah, I would say that um, it's hard because I don't know if people know what to do with strong women, Um, so oftentimes they either have all the space in the world to run, you know, just let her do her own thing. Just let her go. Um, or the opposite where people are intimidated by young women. And I've served on a number of different boards where a lot of it was middle-aged white men who wouldn't let me do anything Mm -hmm. except the kids program. You do the kids program, which I did with all due diligence because come on, kids are our future. (laughs) But, but I think that like, just. To be given opportunities to speak on more of an executive level, leadership level, influential level, um, it's coming, but it it wasn't prevalent when I was, right. you know, in my twenties, early twenties. Yeah. So, yeah. I just think that, you know, we're literally carving out space for young young women to have a voice in every sphere of society, but we have to do that almost like ten times harder. Yeah, agreed.
1: Agreed. Yeah. Camille, what about you as you know you're leading, you're like a marketing manager now and you're leading
2: uh, just a challenge as a leader? Um, I would say it's related to um, growing up in a conservative culture because for us, we're expected to be submissive and just quiet to just nod and agree. Um, So a lot of the times we don't have the platform to voice out what we really think um, and we get looked past like what uh, Crystal is saying. Past a group of other people in the room,
1: wow.
3: so
2: there's a lot of miscommunication. There's a lot of um, ideas that are being thrown away just because we're young and you know uh, female. So mm-hmm. let me give you some encouragement because I was where
1: you were and just a few years ago, just a few, and it w- gets better. It is a different time for you. I hope for myself as a woman, I am helping to trailblaze and push the changes for you. And that has always been my hope, but I, 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 I hear you. I have went through the same things and even some worse things. And yet I am seeing some movement and change, but, but a lot more has to get done. So I'm so thankful for you. I wanna ask this question before we go to the break, but, and it's a big one, especially for in this year, but the top challenge you face as a black woman, a Palestinian woman, an Asian Filipino woman, and an indigenous woman, big, big question. Uh, but I want to start with you, Crystal. As an Indigenous woman, you know the challenge that mm-hmm. you're facing today.
4: Yeah, uh, ten years ago, my dad told me that I that my cousin got his Métis status card, and I had no idea what that meant. Uh, discovered we're from Red River Settlement, present day Manitoba. You know, I've been on this journey of discovery. You know, found out that we have some pretty heavy hitters on that side of the family. First Indigenous mayor of a major city in Canada is my second cousin currently. And I just thought, you know, what, what does this, what does this mean? So I find that in non-Indigenous environments, I'm not Indigenous enough, you know, because I didn't grow up with the culture, with the language in the communities. And then in First Nation communities, I'm literally seen as not even Indigenous because I'm the Mm half-breed. And so the challenges of who am I, where do I fall, where am I accepted has been some of those some of those challenges um, that I've faced.
1: Wow. Christina, for you as a Palestinian woman? Uh, well, I mean, first off,
3: when I first started looking for jobs, I actually um, I actually changed my last name, which is interesting. So my last name is actually Abdallah, but I, I go by Larice. but I was so worried about, um, how people would perceive me. I think a lot of people have this preconceived notion about what an Arab woman actually is, or um, especially in a climate where they seem to be more submissive and uh, to their husbands and the men. And it's a very patriarchal society. So coming out of that, having immigrant parents and just really making a name for myself in Canada to be like this, I am a woman and I have, I have, I'm strong. I have power. Um, but then also at the same time being ethnically ambiguous. A lot of people don't really know what I am. So I just, I just shove it off and go, oh, I'm Middle Eastern so that I could avoid the conflict of saying I'm Palestinian. And there's so many barriers to that. And I've, I'm still in the process of trying to figure out um, who I am and how to portray myself to the world
1: for sure. Thank you. Camille, as a Filipino Asian woman, some of the, a challenge that you faced.
2: Um, actually, I struggled with this question because I couldn't, um, I couldn't just sum it up in one um, category. I would say there's two categories for this. It's growing up in a Western country and being Asian in an Asian culture. Uh, so I'll start with the second one. Um, there's a lot of um, expectation even from our, our, our culture and um, to become successful, to hit certain life mar- uh, markers at certain times, um, to be married bef- and have kids before 30, to be a doctor, a lawyer, and, and those a lot of stuff. Um, to be submissive, to be passive and quiet, to just not and agree, to you know have the men lead the house. And because of those, we struggle to find our identity. And because of those, um, sometimes we even get ridiculed by our own people mm-hmm. if we don't follow the same timeline and follow the same um, expectations. And a lot of us suffer from depression, anxiety amongst other things. And those are the topics that are not discussed in my culture. Yeah. Those are taboo topics. And um, a lot of us struggle to find help because of those. Yeah. And with that, um, even like racial slurs, we just we were just told to um, keep our heads down mm-hmm. and don't engage. And um, it wasn't until like this week when I asked my friends about this question that we started talking about it. And we never knew that a lot of them struggled with this yeah. That we were called names and we just ignored it because it's such a very submissive culture. Yeah. Wow.
1: Thank you for sharing that, Camille. Misha, challenges. Yeah, I'd
0: say the, the main challenge for me has been um, well, there's so many of them, but uh, one I'd like to talk about is being underestimated. I think that I'm um, so grateful that every woman on this call has deciding power. We all get. Uh, opportunity to speak our our voices and say what we think in the jobs that we have today. Um, However, it's, it's, uh, it's hard for me sometimes as the writer, host, producer, like talent in my show, when someone expects that because I'm a joyful Black girl, that I'm just the host. And I'll get calls and emails saying, hey, can I speak to your executive producer? I'd like to talk about this. I'd like to speak to your writer. I'd like to ask about this. And I'm like, I made the show my own name and I still have no credit for it. Like, I think that's probably probably one of the hardest parts has been just fighting that understanding or uh, trying to establish an understanding that, hey, I can do it all. I I have God on my side and I'm going to do it all. And... The barriers that I spoke about earlier are not barriers that I, I look that I look to or even acknowledge. Um, I bust through everything. Yeah, but that is the most challenging thing: is that constant fight, knowing that there is there are people in society who will never see you as enough.
1: Right. You know, I so appreciate you guys sharing very honestly about your challenges. I'm looking forward to continuing our conversation um, later in the show about what you want for you and for young women in your generation. But coming up now is Frances Kim, one of our monthly contributors, who shares about mentorship in the context of a second-generation Korean-Canadian. And I'm excited to continue our conversation with Misha, Crystal, Christine, and Camille. We'll be right back. I wasn't always a TV host and executive producer, and I didn't always have a platform for my voice. And if it weren't for courageous leaders who mentored me, who took a chance on me, who gave me opportunities to lead, who allowed my voice to be heard, who believed in the gifts and passion God has given me, if it weren't for them, not only would See, Here Love not exist today, but neither would the thousands of diverse voices worldwide who, thanks to your support, are choosing lives of justice, love, kindness, inclusion, and courage. And this is only made possible by viewers, listeners, and supporters like you, leaders like you. Now through TV, podcasts, radio, YouTube, and video streaming, there is no limit to the millennials and so many others we can reach with God's transformative love and the truth that they are seen, heard, and deeply loved by God. Our community needs you. We need your leadership, your wisdom, your perspective, your voice. We need you. Donate today. Visit SeeHearLove.com slash give.
5: See Here Love is where you are. Find our hopeful and inspiring faith stories on your favorite platform and encouraging content daily on Instagram and Facebook. To learn more and stay updated, sign up for our newsletter
2: on SeeHereLove.com.
5: Hi Melinda, it's Francis here. Growing up in a multi-generational family home for most of my life, it was easy to feel misunderstood. Have you ever experienced disconnect in your relationships with people and wonder if it had to do with the generation they came from? In Luke seven thirty one, Jesus says, To what then can I compare the people of this generation? What are they like? It was at Urbana where I first heard James Chung from InterVarsity speak to this, and I'd like to share a condensed version that I think will give powerful perspective to your identity and mentoring relationships, no matter what generation you belong to. So let's explore. What is the driving spiritual question of each generation? For boomers, also known as the prophets, absolute truth was still valid. They oriented their entire lives around the inherent truth of God's word. This was the generation that lived to work, and their driving spiritual question is, what is true? Xers, known as the nomads, they work to live. They're drawn to community, like-minded tribes, also latchkey kids who grew up to distrust their environments. And so their driving spiritual question is, what is real? They crave vulnerability and authenticity. Millennials, otherwise known as the heroes, they see community as structured places to achieve stuff together. You gather to either create or to compete. This is also the narcissistic generation unveiled the selfie. Their question is, what is good? What's important to this generation is that the gospel is connected to evangelism and social justice, restoring what's good with what's wrong in our world. And finally, Gen Z, the artists, where inclusion is important, looking out for the voice of the other. They're experts at stuff learned through YouTube, and their question is what is beautiful? Their desire is to create, connect their passions to the beauty of God's creation. So, as people of your generation, what will your response be? Your influence comes in part by understanding the spirituality of generations and bridging the gaps both upward and downward. These spiritual questions gave me a framework on how to approach the various relationships in my life. And I hope that these insights will promote greater awareness and understanding for you too. Thank you.
1: Well, we are back with this power packed panel. I like the three Ps. Misha, Crystal, Christine and Camille, welcome back. All right, let's right off the top. What do you want for you And for young women like you, we've talked about the challenges early in the show. Now I wanna hear from you about your hopes.
0: Misha, why don't you start? Absolutely. I want women to accept who they really are and live as authentically as possible. When you love who you are, there is a peace and freedom in that. You make friends that stick around. Your family gets to know you better. The jobs that you choose, everything becomes more authentic. Your life is more real and free. And so the weird things about you that you think are so strange that nobody will love, they will. Woo!
1: (laughs) I love that. That's a good takeaway. The weird things that, you know, you don't think people love, they will love it. Somebody will love it. That's awesome. Crystal, Mm -hmm. what about for you? What do you hope for you and your generation?
4: Yeah, I hope to be a mom to a lot of First Nation youth who don't have a lot. And I hope that they would see me as a safe place. Mm -hmm. And I want to do that. I want to plow that way so that those who are coming behind me can feel strong in who they were created to be, that that disgusting legacy of when God made you Indian, he made a mistake, Mm -hmm. that that those words over that generation would just be completely redefined for this generation that's coming up. Powerful.
1: Thank you. Amazing, Crystal. Camille, your hope for your generation?
4: Um,
2: Similar to what Misha said, um, that for us to not be so um, focused on the perception of other people, but really to find our identity in Christ. Um, And even if we're broken and facing all these challenges that we really hope that um, God can turn those ashes into beauty and that we should um, really look towards how Jesus treated the women in the scripture and have that in our lives as well.
1: Beautiful. Thank you, Camille. And Christina. It's as simple
3: for me as I want my generation to stop talking so much and to start listening. I think listening is the key to understanding. If we just
1: all take a moment to slow down and listen, so many things in the world would just be a little bit different. So. Amazing. And I, I want to end this conversation with something that's so important to me and to you, but following Jesus. Why do you follow him? And why does your generation need to know him? Misha, let's start with you.
0: I left church when I was 16 and I came back when I was 24. It was a long time away and I had a lot of fun in that time. Like, do not get me wrong. But it was when I actually experienced the presence of God that their new colors emerged. It's like there was the primary colors and I was okay with that. But then as soon as I met Jesus, everything was like technicolor. And it's been like that ever since. I find like I have a new, I actually have a purpose in life and there's an identity stronger than I could ever have imagined. So to me, Jesus is attractive because I finally feel like I have a reason to be on this planet and something, a message to send. Mm
1: -hmm. Amazing. Technicolor. I love that.
4: Crystal, why Jesus for you? Um... Jesus has always been home for me. Uh, I don't have a before Christ, like a BC life. Um, I encountered the Holy Spirit when I was eight or nine years old, and he filled my heart with love. He filled my heart with acceptance. He filled my heart with hope. He said to me, and I look back now on my journals because I used to journal when I was eight. Go figure. (laughs) But I remember finding a journal where the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you're going to change the world. And I believed him. And here we are. So I just think he's real. He's real. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm.
1: Thanks, Crystal. Camille, why Jesus for you and why your generation needs Jesus more than ever today?
2: I think it would be because um, he's always there for us and he's our perfect savior and the only one who can really heal our wounds, our internal wounds. And um, he can give those unconditional love to us freely without asking for anything. In return and i would love um people to experience that not a lot of people know him in that way and it would be amazing and really transform- transformative in their lives if they get to know him
1: Wow, mm.
3: christina our generation is a generation of people who go 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 achieve um but honestly jesus is the only thing that gives any of that meaning so i find whatever you do in life if you achieve the greatest goal in your life and you get to where you want to be, it's nothing without Jesus. The purpose behind my life is Jesus. And I think that's why people are so lost because they don't
1: have the meaning behind why Jesus is that why. Yeah. Beautiful. That actually all of this made me so emotional because I think just the authenticity and the honesty about the relationship is, is just beautiful. We have literally like a minute and I just want to, ask you, for a young woman who is struggling, I just want one little encouragement from you that you can just say to her as she's struggling with her identity, with her future, with her her life. What -hmm. would you say, Camille? Just a short little sentence. It will get better and God loves you. It will get better and God loves you. Perfect, Christina. I'd say just let Jesus come
3: close. He's already close, but be aware of that. He is closer than you already know.
1: Beautiful. Crystal? A simple believing prayer. God help. He'll, he'll hear you. Amazing. Amisha.
0: Pray authentically to God. Tell Him what's really on your mind and you will receive peace.
1: I am so proud of you. I'm overcome with emotion right now. Um, <laughs> I'm really proud of you all. And I am excited for you the next generation because you are in it. I'm excited for the next generation because you are in it, you are present, you are speaking, you are loving, you are joyful, all those things that the world needs. And I am so proud to be your colleague and to be part of this Crossroads family, to amplify your voice, to learn from you, learning from the next generation and listening today has been such a joy for me. So thank you, Misha, Christina, Camille and Crystal, for your time today. As we said, we did an open mic to hear from you. I will pray about your challenges, but I'm also going to be cheering you on and championing you as you lead and you speak courageously with God. So thank you so, so much for being on the show today. Love you. Love you too. (laughs) Thank you guys. And we'll see you soon. Bye.
6: Thanks so much, Melinda. I'm so honored to be a part of today's show as we talk about being a young woman in leadership and what it looks like to lead like Jesus. You know, I actually wanted to start off by saying that you don't need a stage or platform or shiny lights to be a leader and to point people to Jesus. God is calling you and I exactly where we are, exactly as we are, to lead and to step out. You know, that might look like being um, a homeschooling mom. It might look like being a bank teller or an entrepreneur or a student. And it might look like being a barista at your local coffee shop. I want to read to you out of Hebrews 13 verse seven. It says, remember your leaders, the ones who spoke to you, the word of God, consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. I love that. Consider what those people did for you and let that spur you on to do the same for others. You know, this reminds me of a friend of mine in New Brunswick. She is a barista at her local coffee shop and she spreads the word of God to all of her customers. She, she buys them coffees with notes that say God loves them. She invites them to church, she prays for them and she does exactly what this verse says. She remembers those who spoke the word of God to her and as she steps out and she leads other people to Jesus in the same way. And so I want to encourage you today, you know, honestly, exactly where you are, exactly where God has placed you. I pray that you would feel encouraged in your faith. You'd be encouraged to step up and to step out and to lead, lead, lead. God has called you and what you have to offer, nobody else does. So be bold, be brave, and continue to lead those around you. God bless you and we'll see you soon.
1: What a great show. Kelvin, wasn't that such an inspiring show with, with our colleagues?
0: Well, it makes me think of my girls. Like, what's going? How are they going to influence? How are they going to lead? How are they going to mentor their peers?
1: I'm glad that you're listening and you're learning. So uh, thanks so much for being with me today, Kelvin. You know, I'm so inspired by the young women on the panel. A big thanks to Misha, Crystal, Christine, and Camille. And you know their conversation spurs me even more to mentor young women and to continue to amplify their voices so that their thoughts and passions and stand for justice and equality are heard across Canada and around the world. Two notes. First, there are amazing people right where you are, right where you work, right in front of you, that you can listen and support and lead well. And second, to my generation, Gen X, don't be threatened or judgy. Live open handed and generous, willing to listen and give opportunity to the next generation. That's my advice. Well, for more information on the young women on the panel, for their blogs and to watch all of our shows, go to seeherelove.com. And as you lead and mentor and listen, always remember that you are seen, you are heard, and you are deeply loved by God.